Little disclaimer about this episode, spoilers galore. I kind of went too into detail about Halloween Ends, so if you have not seen this movie, I would stop before I start talking about it, or I will ruin the movie for you, and I would hate that. But if you have seen it, disregard this disclaimer, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to I Fucking Love This Movie, episode 12. I'm going to be talking about the last film in this current Halloween franchise, Halloween Ends. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not understand the hate this movie's getting, so it's my due diligence as a film nerd and as a guy who has a movie podcast to talk about Halloween Ends in such a positive manner. That's what we're going to do on this episode. But before we get into the episode, I have to ask, what's everybody been watching? Me, in between episodes of Miami Vice, I watched some of the stuff from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, some of the stuff from the Phantasm franchise, and I made it through most of the Evil Dead trilogy, and to this day, Army of Darkness is my favorite out of the trilogy, followed by Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead. So really, the trilogy kind of goes backwards for me, as far as my favorites are concerned. And if you've never seen the Evil Dead trilogy... Please pause this episode and go watch all three of them and then come back to this episode. Definitely worth a pause. Definitely will be a future episode, so keep your eyes out for that. But the one movie I did watch that surprised me was the 1986 cult classic Trick or Treat, directed by Charles Martin Smith. And before Charles Martin Smith dabbled in directing, he was an actor. And I know him best has Terry the Toad from American Graffiti and more American Graffiti and the bookkeeper accountant guy from The Untouchables, both great films. More American Graffiti, not so much, but the first American Graffiti is great. Um, it's still a cheesy but lovable flick. Uh, the movie is about this teenager who's distraught over the death of his favorite rock star, and the rock star possesses him through this record he didn't release. It's just a crazy fun movie. Um, Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons have cameos in the movie. The Aussie cameo made me laugh a little bit more this time around because he plays a televangelist and I'm sitting there watching him and he's just dogging rock and metal music and youth in general. I'm sitting there watching him. I'm like, dude, you're Aussie. You were in one of the greatest bands of all time, Black Sabbath, and you're now in an 80s movie playing a televangelist. This is great. And years later, he did the song Miracle Man, which he was, you know, ripping on televangelist. Ironic, as Alanis Morissette once sang. But and then you know you can't discredit gene simmons either gene simmons was great he played the radio dj nuke and i love gene kiss fan grew up a kiss fan um my favorite gene simmons movie is runaway that stars tom Selleck. it was directed by michael Crichton. yes the guy who wrote jurassic park great film track that one down too um so let's talk about slasher movies now after a certain period in time in cinema you know, that was kind of like the first introduction for most people to horror. You know, for years it was like the Universal Monsters, and it still may have been, but like after, like I said, after a certain time period, it was slasher movies. And many of the people that I know that love horror, you know, watch the Friday the 13th movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, the Halloween movies, or all the movies in those franchises. And that really kind of shaped their love of horror. It was really a deciding factor, really. It was just like, do I want to branch out and see other kinds of horror, or is the buck stop here? And for me, that's definitely true. Like, I branched out and watched other horror because I got into the slasher franchises first. You know, I uh, really cut my teeth on the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I remember I watched New Nightmare... Uh, when I was like 9 or 10 on TNT, I went out and bought that VHS 
And then years later, I went out and bought the first Nightmare on Elm Street. But it wasn't until I got a DVD player for Christmas. And the Nightmare on Elm Street box set was when I really sat down and watched all the movies. And that was such a game changer, too, because I didn't own very many box sets. My collection at that point still kind of is. You know, I had a lot of loose ends. Like, I would have two movies out of a series or maybe one movie out of the series. And I'm just like, Oh, I wonder what happens in the next one. I remember for years, I didn't have back to the future part three. Yeah. Part three for some reason, but I got that box set and I was like, Holy shit. I can sit down and watch all the nightmare on Elm streets that were out at that time. Freddie versus Jason wasn't out yet. And I kind of wasn't a fan of that one. Um, it did make sense for those two to do a movie together because they are huge icons in horror. You know, I give it, I give the movie that much, but I wasn't a big fan. And as far as the remake can, is concerned with A Nightmare on Elm Street, I thought it was kind of dark. You know, I don't know if that was the intention or what, but because to me, Freddy Krueger is a smart ass. And it was weird. And I was talking about it yesterday. I was like, I don't know if I was supposed to laugh at him, but he was just a smart ass. Like, you know, I, I still feel weird about laughing at some of the Freddy Krueger one-liners. But in between, you know, buying those two Nightmare on Elm Street films on VHS and getting the box set, I bought the first Halloween. And I remember the day I bought it. When I was in the seventh grade, I had a job in the seventh grade. I was a ticket taker for the uh, games at the middle school. And I got paid 10 bucks a game. And I remember me my nana and my good friend sam sam if you're out there happen to listen to this i miss you dude um went out to like the farm science review which is this big convention in the town that i live in and we picked up trash for money because that money went to our eighth grade trip to washington dc that was going to happen the in the next year and i remember we got rained out we went back to my nana's work she was a bus driver but she also did payroll and did field trips on the side so we were there just hanging out and sam's dad was my nana's boss remember we hung out just you know had a laugh and then he went home with his parents and then my nana took me to kmart and i ran to the vhs tapes i picked up the first halloween and i damn near wore that tape out i loved the first halloween and i was talking about this the other day actually it was yesterday it really shaped my love for like arty films, you know, cause it's not gory. It's still terrifying. It's very Alfred Hitchcock psycho, if you will, but it's shot so wonderfully and just the way it's executed. It's just so brilliant that like, I didn't think about it till yesterday. I was like, well, holy shit. I love arty movies and kind of Halloween was kind of the foundation of that. That's mind blowing. But before I saw the first Halloween, I remember seeing the second one on cable a lot growing up because it was weird because like the cable networks would have would play sequels as opposed to like the first movies in a series. I don't know how, why that happened or the reasoning, but I always remember seeing stuff like Halloween Two, Child's Play Two, and the West Craven's New Nightmare. Um, I love the second Halloween, terrifying. I remember being really terrified but intrigued by that movie. Um. And it was such a great time to grow up in that time, too, to watch horror movies, because it's not like I could have pulled my phone out and Googled, like, is Michael Myers real and, you know, and whatnot. And I still love Halloween, too. Third one, still a controversial topic amongst film fans and horror fans, because Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, is notorious for just... Everybody's like, oh, it's not a great movie. Michael Myers is in it. And they have every right to complain, because it's supposedly a Halloween movie, but... 
Carpenter's intention with the Halloween series was to release a new Halloween, but it'd be a different story. And that kind of got lost on people. So everybody dogged it. Everybody hated it, especially, you know, in the time that I went to go see it for the first time. I ended up watching and loving it. You know, for me, I just ignore it's supposed to be a Halloween movie. You know, it's supposed to be Season of the Witch. It's this, you know, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers like movie. And I still love it. Tom Adkins is great. And the only Michael Myers thing you see in that film is like a TV spot that's playing at the bar Tom Atkins is in. That's the only appearance of Michael Myers, but still a great film. Uh, four and five kind of, I mean, they're not bad. You know, I love that they went back to the roots of Halloween, very kind of like independent. I mean, they were still gory films. Uh, the curse of Michael Myers, however, I didn't really enjoy till I got a hold of the producer's cut with the box set. And I love that movie a little bit more after watching the new cut, the alternate cut of, of it if you will uh h2o was the first movie i had seen in a theater by myself which was a big deal when i was a kid so i have fond memories of that movie i didn't get through resurrection that much i don't even think i've ever sat and yeah i haven't really watched resurrection all that much uh i might watch it just to just kind of feel that and fill that void if you will but you know as far as the original franchise is concerned i felt it really wasn't going anywhere the storyline just kept going all over the place and all this other shit and then they were talking about doing another halloween and then rob zombies films came out which i thought were great and i mentioned this on my last podcast when i the one i did about rob zombie and the one thing you have to remember about the rob zombie halloween films is they're rob zombies halloween they're not Rob Zombie's John Carpenter's Halloween. It's Rob's take on the Halloween movies. And I loved him. I thought Rob was a very appropriate choice. You know, I'm probably going to lose a few listeners because of my opinion. But, you know, I loved him. And if you didn't learn anything from the last episode, I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. So he did, too. They talked about doing a third one. And it kind of got lost in the shuffle there. And then... The franchise got bought, I think it was Blumhouse or Roughhouse, one of the places bought the rights and they were going to do a whole new franchise, whole new take on the Michael Myers mythology, if you will. And the guys who were behind it were David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Now, I know these guys from Eastbound and Down, which is my favorite TV show of all time. I love that show. I actually just rewatched it and one of the weirdest compliments i ever got my mom watched eastbound and down all four seasons and then i went to her house on lunch for lunch one day and she's like i watched that eastbound and down show i was like really she's like yeah it was really funny i was like you thought i was like some of that shit he says is just vulgar she's like you know what i thought of you the entire time i watched it i was like why she's like some of the shit kenny power says is the stuff you would say you know, when your mom tells you that, I don't know if it's a compliment or an insult, but yeah, I'll take it as a compliment. So with that said, my love of Eastbound and Down, two funny guys, I was kind of apprehensive about them doing Halloween because I'm like, these guys are known for comedies, you know, can, really, can they really like do Halloween justice, if you will? So they, I remember it got greenlit and they were in the press. They're like, well, we're going to do something different. And this is where it kind of skewed me a little bit. Um, they were like, our film's going to take place right after the first one. We're ignoring 
the ones that followed it. So Halloween two on doesn't exist. And I'm like, I love Halloween two. Like, why are you just going to totally disregard that one? But I was like, all right. And then the trailer came out. I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, all right, I kind of see what they're doing. Um, long awaited sequel, you know, I get it. So I seen the first Halloween, well, the second Halloween in this franchise and I was surprised. I loved it, you know, and it was very real, you know, because Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode at this point was just a traumatized victim of those murders that happened in 78 and she's just trying to cope with it. And, you know, it just, it was a very real sequel and I love how they brought her back and it was appropriate. So I, I dug it. I need to watch that one again, by the way. Uh, and then followed, Followed by that Halloween, yeah, Halloween Kills. I mean, Halloween Kills is this crazy anarchic sequel where the townspeople, you know, like that dude in um, Silver Bullet said, Private Justice. I mean, that I loved Halloween Kills for that. The one thing I did love about Halloween Kills was Anthony Michael Hall. You know, that guy is just, oh, he's an incredible actor, and I'm glad he's getting his due now. Like, I mean, the his heyday in the 80s, all over the place, great actor and even now like with the roles he's getting just incredible i enjoyed seeing his cameo in clerks three and i even enjoyed seeing him in the dark night just i that was the one thing i loved about this movie so much was him and he was just rallying people up like evil dies tonight or it dies tonight or something whatever his catchphrase was but with that said it was not a bad movie but i don't feel very much got accomplished with it i think but then again you have to look at halloween kills also has kind of like a segue movie you know they're taking you from you know the second halloween in this franchise to halloween kills i guess halloween kills would be considered the third one so i was anticipating halloween ends because i was like i'm gonna see it i'm gonna see this through i'm gonna finish and i watched it last weekend and already i was digging the halloween three season of the witch vibes because it gave like even the credit sequence kind of mirrored that a little bit but in this film you know jamie lee curtis and her granddaughter have moved in together they live in this house um still kind of reeling over the events that happened i think it's set like four years after the second halloween in this franchise and, you know, they're just kind of taking things day by day. And then the beginning of the movie, you're introduced to this guy babysitting. And, you know, he's watching this kid. Kid locks him in a room. And he's, like, trying to get out and whatnot. And the babysitter, like, kicks the door so hard, this kid falls over banister, just falls on the stairs. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like... I was not expecting that. So this Corey character, but I didn't mention his name. That was the babysitter in Halloween ends. Just, you know, he gets, he gets charged with man involuntary manslaughter and he doesn't go to jail and whatnot. Cause they cleared him. Cause it was an, it was clearly an accident. So he's like the new Michael Myers, if you will. He's just kind of this like figure in town, this bad figure. Oh, he killed that kid. He was babysitting and shit. So he ends up falling in love with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter and, you know the hate that the town Haddonfield has for this Corey character starts to kind of have an effect on him after he goes out with Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter granddaughter sorry one night and he kind of morphs into Michael Myers a little bit 
And that's and the people that I that have seen it and that I know that have talked to me about it, that was something that kind of got lost on them a little bit. They're like, dude, what the fuck? And really they kind of portray him as being the next Michael Myers and they're just gonna continue it. And before I get into any more of the plot, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in this is outstanding. She's been outstanding in all three of these films. Like, you know, just the the iconic original Scream Queen, if you will. And she branched out further than her mom did, Janet Lee, because, you know, Janet Lee, you know, shower scene got killed in the first cycle. She didn't really kind of get to continue. But, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, as Laurie Strode, got to continue, got to have her own series of films and it's just great you got to praise jamie lee curtis jamie lee curtis is just an amazing actress and just she's awesome so Corey kind of and kind of michael myers kind of takes him under his wing because at this point michael myers is like this homeless dude living in a sewer and like he doesn't say anything to this kid but like they feel each other it's just the weirdest shit ever so Corey goes on court killing spree and shit and the final climatic battle is with Corey and Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And I really should have warned that there were spoilers before this. I, I'll do that. I'll edit like a little thing in before you actually listen to this episode. It's kind of useless. I'm telling you this now because you're knee deep into the episode. So this climatic battle ensues. Like, you know, Corey has put on the Michael Myers mask and... Jamie Lee Curtis fucking fakes a suicide and just puts one of this motherfucker and then Michael finishes the job, tries to f- finish Lori, and then Lori and her granddaughter tag team kill this motherfucker like dead. And we're just like, dude, this guy's been impaled, shot, burnt. Like, is he really dead? So the townspeople take it upon themselves to incinerate this motherfucker and Lori Strode like pushes them into the incinerator. Now... I thought that was cool, but I was just like, I will be really pissed off if they find some way to resurrect him. Cause I'm pretty sure they, I know they did it in nightmare and Elm street. I think it was the first one. And I know they did it in a Friday the 13th one. I was like, please don't be cliche and just fucking resurrecting with like his remains and shit. But movie ends and Jamie Lee Curtis rekindles a romance, a hometown romance. And the movie ends kind of a, on a somber note. So I pretty much told the entire Halloween ends. I hope anybody listening to this has not seen the movie. Um, like I said, I enjoyed it. It had Halloween three vibes, which I really dug. I mean, they were trying to reenter- they were trying to introduce a new character into this, but really he was just kind of a guy that brought Michael back to finish it. So I kind of I dug what they were getting at, at least from my understanding of it. Um, this is the end of the franchise. I think the rights have went back to the original rights owner and he's talked about doing something. Um, honestly, I don't see where you can go with this, you know, this franchise anymore. I think it said what it had to say and it's done, especially with these last three movies. I mean, they were incredible. I love the real like life approach, the lifelike approach to these movies, this the realism, if you will. Um, and just, they did not disappoint. And the one thing I really loved about these, this last franchise was they took stuff from the other Halloweens. Like this one, I think, you know, had more of the Halloween three vibes, you know, and they borrowed something from each of the stuff from the original franchise. You know, the gore, I'm definitely going to give credit to the Rob Zombie films. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but 
you know, I remember watching the uh, second one, which was Halloween, and, you know, it was real gory. I was like, man, they definitely borrowed from Rob Zombie. And then, of course, as the franchise progressed, this franchise progressed, it got gory and gory. I was like, dude, they, they definitely borrowed from Rob. So, would I like to see another Halloween film? I'm not too sure. You know, I think Danny McBride and David Gordon Green did a really good job with this um, series of films. Um, I would like to see them get into other horror films as they definitely have the knack for it. They have the talent for it. And that's another thing people don't realize too is like people in comedy, you know, they can make you laugh your ass off, but they can also deliver a pretty good, you know, horror flick. I mean, look at Jordan Peele, man. He's killing it out there. You know, they're the defenders of the faith. You know, they're making these very innovative horror films for major studios, which just doesn't happen that often. I mean, horror nowadays is an indie game like you know they spend not near as much money as the majors do and they still deliver a good product but i mean like i said with like jordan peele and then you know david gordon green doing the halloweens you know you know horror might make a comeback with the with the majors you know i don't know we'll have to see but i think i'm gonna end it here probably one of my shorter episodes but i don't feel like an elaborating more on this movie um what'd you think did you like it? Was my assumption of it fair? Did you not like it? I want to know either way. So I'm going to end episode 12 here. Happy Halloween, everybody. And until next time.